I love my insurance agent, but I didn't at first. In fact, mm. she used to get on my nerves because I thought she was giving me fake empathy and fake care and concern. But mm. over time, uh, with more questions, what I have realized is she has probably read all my products and she watches <laughs> all my interviews and she oh. is quite interested in me. And she even remembers things like the day my mother died. So I am Dr. Nicole Price and I am an honorary insurance dudette. Woo! Woo! Yes. Love it. Well, that's <laughs> fantastic. <a> intro. <laughs> insurance dudes are on a mission to escape being handcuffed by our agencies. How? By uncovering the secrets to creating a predictable, consistent, and profitable agency sales machine. I am Craig Pretzinger. I am Jason Feldman. We are agents. We are insurance dudes. So tell us about, you thought that like she was just all over you, right? Like it was just, <laughs> it was just too much. Tell me about like, and I love that you talked about the empathy part, especially you know, regarding your book and everything. So let's dive into that a little bit. Yeah. And yeah. I thought she was being fake. I thought she had gone to some insurance salesperson's class and they told her (laughs) to do these 10 things. And so she did them for all her clients and she had a spreadsheet to keep up with me or something. But over time, it was very clear that that's not actually what it was, that she was actually interested in the things that I was doing and used them to run her, her business. So I do leadership development consulting. At the time that I first met her, I don't know that I was an empathy revolutionary as I am today. And I usually try to figure out how I could get work done despite people and did not want to talk to my (laughs) agent ever. Like, why are you emailing me? I pay my bill. Leave me alone. (laughs) (laughs) So why was she trying to connect? Well, I think she, that's just who she is actually. Uh, But I didn't get that right away. Mm. Um, but that's probably more because that's not who I was necessarily. Mm. So I thought everybody was kind of doing the, the fake thing. And I'm like, girl, save yourself <laughs> time. Just send me the link to pay the bill and I'll pay. You ain't got to do all that. <laughs> but one day I had done a, a local interview on a TV show and she sent me a note commenting about it. And I was like, oh, well, how'd she even know about that? If she's not, I mean, it's like nine o'clock in the morning on daytime wow. news. And I was like, oh my gosh, she's actually following me. So then I went back and kind of read some of her oh my gosh. emails that I was not reading. <laughs> and I realized that, oh my gosh, like who's the jerk in this relationship? That would have absolutely been me. Wow. Oh, that's, that's, so- that's a big step to actually identify that, right? Yeah. For human, just not just you, anybody, right? Yeah. For right. humans to admit wrong. Yeah. I mean, listen, she's doing me a service and I'm paying. She's trying to provide good customer service. And what would I want if I were in that role? I wouldn't want to be ignored. I wouldn't want somebody to assume the worst. I wouldn't want uh, someone to act irritated every time I called them. And um, that was my work to do. And apparently lots of insurance agents get treated that way until they, till they're needed. And that's, that's bad. We got to maybe all of them. All. So, so, so let's just claim it. All. All. All Nobody, wants to, nobody wants to talk to an insurance agent. Yeah, I don't even want to talk to an insurance agent. Like it's it's not the fun phone call. It's yeah. like getting a root canal, right? And I don't want to audit my artwork. I know I should because if something happens, I'll be so mad that I didn't get it all captured. Right. It's so, that 
it's like how much can I get away with before I need the thing, you know? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> or how much can I procrastinate? Like it's time for me to renew my driver's uh, my license plates, and I'm like, oh, where's my insurance card? <laughs> I don't even know. Like I can't believe I don't have it. <laughs> yeah. What's my password to get in? But all those things are simple. But yeah, it's you know I think I'm the worst person to talk about empathy, and people keep telling me that that's not true. But I think I'm the worst because it's not natural. I've had mm. to work on it. I've had to learn how to build it to try to put myself in the shoes of another person to mm. see what they think, feel, and believe. And honestly, it makes us better business owners um, if we understand people better. Too often, people think empathy means that you got to be nice and kind, which that's probably good for business. Mm. Um, but understanding, honestly, if I could think about one thing she could have done differently is kind of understood who I was in that moment. And maybe mm. reserved a little bit of her mental energy until I was ready for it. Yeah. She, she was wasting time. Yeah. Right. Coming on a little strong. Yeah. 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 It's like love bombing or something. I don't know. Yeah. Totally. The little BS meter starts going off and you're like, wait a minute. Why, why are you being so nice? Why are you being so nice? Am I paying extra? Are you East Coast? <laughs> I'm actually in the Midwest. Isn't that terrible? I'm like, Midwest. oh, you're supposed to be super nice. Just I'm like so- that's the way that works. <laughs> That's the bad part about the Midwest. We're all like Midwest nice, but this air quotes over here, right? Like <laughs> we got to act like it, but I was rolling my eyes and all the things. So I think like empathy is one of these things and, and um, it's a tough one, right? Like it's tough to know it, understand it. And I think that a lot of people get empathy confused with other, I guess, is it an emotion? Other emotion. things like compassion, mm-hmm. kindness. It's sort of that, but not really, right? That's right. Um, in fact, I would say when my mother died, uh, many people came up at the funeral and they talked about how she was just the kindest person ever. And I remember almost not being able to sit still because I'm like, my mom was empathetic. She was charitable. She would help you, but she wasn't nice. I wouldn't use those words. Now, was she going to feed you? Yes, but she wasn't going to sit around talking about your puppy all day. Like it wasn't, right. it wasn't happening. And yeah. uh, so I think sometimes when people are anti empathy, they think um, about it because they're like, oh, I got to be nice to these people or I've got to, I got to agree with people to be empathetic with to them. They have to be deserving uh, for me mm. to be empathetic. And, um, yeah, in, in the most simplest way, I say empathy is trying to understand that no matter what another person thinks, feels, or believes, it makes total sense to them. Right. Mm. Makes total sense to them. And from that lens, now, how should I respond? How should mm. I? That's it right there. I wonder how much like the, the world with the social media and everything has changed the amount of empathy because it seems like people just on social media, like, you know, it's, it's, I'm going to yell at you louder with my opinion instead of trying to understand your opinion. Yeah. The, the algorithms don't help us. No, they right. want it to. <laughs> right. They have us in these echo chambers. I tend to see things that are a little more controversial than things that are uplifting. And that's with me seeking out uh, things about empathy and compassion and wow. charity. That's not helping us. But also, it's a little easier to not understand or be empathetic to someone when they are, when we don't humanize them. Mm. When you're on the other side of a computer screen. Right. 
even me, like today, somebody said something in a response to me on social media and I got ready to respond on Instagram. But you know how some people have it. You can't respond back to them. And it's like at null. And I was like, see, I didn't need to spend any of my <laughs> on that anyway. And so what happened was the universe saved me is what. Yes, because <laughs> you were about ready to type. I was, <laughs> I was getting ready. It was a site <laughs> and I was telling a joke like to go along. Like I was just sticking with the joke that the original person told. And someone like started treating it seriously. It was like, wait, what? This is a satire site. <laughs> if they don't know this is a satire site, they don't need to hear from me. Like right. they're over there on the onion getting angry at the article. <laughs> <laughs> Too late. And so I'm like talking to a bot. <laughs> <laughs> you mentioned how you you came from a place where you weren't empathetic, didn't have an understanding of empathy, and now have a book on it. Mm-hmm. So why don't you walk us through that journey? And then I'm going to shut up and let Jason talk for a while. Okay. <laughs> so I'm an engineer by de- by degree and uh, people don't always think about it this way, but engineering school teaches you how to not be empathetic. Mm. So let's say I got to get uh, 200,000 parts out on Friday and you're sick, Jason. I need to put somebody else in that spot and I don't need to be thinking about them as a human. <laughs> I just need somebody I can plug into that spot and can do the job just as you did without any break in productivity. And that's what engineering is. How can I make things designed so well that the show goes on? It's the reason why airplanes don't crash nearly as much anymore. It's not because pilots are better. We have engineered out the human dynamics that make it such Mm. that you can put your battery in your car wrong. You can't, you can try, but you can't, it's not possible. Right. You can't do it anymore where you used to be able to. And so I've been trained kind of to be more objective, less thoughtful about individual people and taking more of a bird's eye view. But my mom in particular is probably the primary reason why I'm not very empathetic. So (laughs) (laughs) I know I've not been in therapy about this, but it's, it's, (laughs) It's true. She was the um, minister of like food at church. And so then she would feed everybody at home too. And I think that sounds good in theory until you have 50, 60 people coming by your house every day. And when you're a kid, that's just disruptive. And some Mm -hmm. of these people have had interesting backgrounds, have made interesting choices. And while they're coming to eat, they're also telling stories about, you know, they've been in jail like the fourth time or uh, they don't have their kids because the state has taken them. I mean, just story after story after story. And as a child, I was overwhelmed and I would just zone out. Like, do you need some toast with that? I mean, I just would just completely. Right. Right. It was overwhelming for me. I didn't have good boundaries. And I used to think she didn't have good boundaries. And then when she passed away, there were so many people who were wanting to come to celebrate her that we had to have two services and we had to go to a different place because there were thousands of people who wanted to celebrate her life. Touched so many lives. And what was interesting about her death was that she was killed by um, a guy who who had stolen a car and was drinking and driving and had run a red light. So we're now in this like murder trial. Oh my gosh. And I'm doing the engineering thing, right? I take off work for the little bit of time they give you. And then I go back to work and I'm just supposed to just do my work because the show must go on. 
Oh. And uh, you're, you're grabbing your face because you know, that's not how it works. Yeah. And so uh, for the first time in my life, my brain could not get me out of what I was mm. emotionally feeling. And I started to notice other people who were having that same experience. And I realized that before then I was one of those people who would have never noticed ever, ever. Um, and it just drastically changed the way I think about people. And, but I, you know, once I got over my grief event, I did start to try to train leaders to be better, but I wasn't thinking about empathy. I still thought about that as something HR people do, or um, I don't know, your therapist or something. But one day I was talking to one of the wealthiest people in my region and he had sat through one of my leadership sessions and he said, um, you know, thank you very much. And I'm like, okay, what is he about to say <laughs> next? Like, you, you know, when people give you feedback, <laughs> they, they start giving you the good stuff first. You're like, oh my God, what's happening? What's about to come? And he goes, that was really good intellectually. Um, but I was hoping that you would help me get it emotionally. Mm. And then he said a whole bunch of things after that. But I was just stuck on, did he just tell me he don't care nothing about what I just said? Yeah. I he just told me he didn't care <laughs> what I just said. But it was it was an epiphany because I was like, none of this stuff we're trying to do is going to work unless we really learn how to care, meaning what is Jason really thinking, feeling, believing? What does he need right now? I do love my artwork. My, if my agent talked to me about what would happen if there was some travesty and I lost these pieces and wasn't able to get them replaced, I'd probably do my audit, you know, mm. I'd probably do it. But, you know, I, I get busy and I put, prioritize other things. And I just truly believe that no matter what our jobs are, if we can lean into empathy, that it'll make us better at it. That's what I think. Love it. So true. I, I have a question. Yeah. Uh, now that you're, I mean, you have the book out. Now you're marketing your book. You probably are learning a lot about sales and marketing and you probably geeked out on that stuff. Isn't it crazy? Like, like the best marketers and salespeople are the most empathetic people. They are. Mm -hmm. It's, and it's like one of the biggest life changes in my life was when like I sucked at sales and I came into the insurance agency and I started learning and trying to teach sales. And then it like completely changed my, my, like me. And then it changed. Like I started seeing all the people that it started changing and it's like, Oh my gosh. Like you think sales is like evil. Like, you know what I mean? Like everybody, you know, can't stand that salesperson mm -hmm. persona, but like a true salesperson and like somebody that's like marketing and it's like the most beautiful thing because it's showing that you care about the other person and you're trying to provide a solution for them. Yeah. Um, they are the but, center and not. Yeah. Me. Yeah. Um, and it's interesting because my general reaction to my insurance agent at first was absolutely because I thought she was trying to manipulate me. hundred percent. And she had done nothing to. Right. But it's just that bias we have against salespeople. You say used car salesman and image comes to mind. Yeah. It's difficult to assume good intent, you know, especially after bad things have happened or things that didn't serve us have happened along the way. Right. Like yeah. we, we start to get this callous as we, we get older and more experiences impact. And all of a sudden we're like, eh. you know, like your keyboard situation, but then the universe 
or God or whoever intervened and said, nope, you're not going there. I love that. You're you're not going there. I'm interested in knowing, do you all like to talk to your insurance agents? No. I don't want to talk to anybody with the I am the insurance. You, know, you are your own insurance agent. Okay. Yeah, we, we both own insurance agencies. And then we developed a, a way to a, a sales funnel that, that works using awesome. um, telemarketers and leads and all this stuff. Like it, it's a system, right? And yeah. so we put that together and it worked really well in our own agencies. And then people started asking us because we were talking about it on this podcast and then we created a company. And Wonderful. so- what the really cool thing about it is we've been able to, we've actually employed over 200 people in the Philippines. Oh, nice. So these, all these women, it's, well, it's like 99.9% women that have, that didn't have jobs had, or if they did, they had to drive really far at night in the city, this whole thing. And now they get to work from home. And, and so it's pretty cool. Like we've actually made impact on, you know, hundreds of lives over there. So globally, huh? Yeah. It's pretty cool. So, and so are they working with people in the Philippines or are they working with your, um, with, uh, with our, with other insurance agents. Oh, nice. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. But those calls start that way too, right? Like the person filled out a form on the internet. Yeah. And a, se- a one second after they hit enter, a telemarketer is on the phone with them and they're like, Oh no. no. You know, and, and they say, no, no, no. But we've teach, we've taught them how to keep them on, get them over to the agent. Then the agent using some of the stuff I'm sure we're going to talk about gets, you know, gets them to the next step. So gets them to the next step. That's cool. You know, it's been interesting um, because spark the heart as a book is getting some of the best feedback I've ever gotten from oh, individuals, wow. which is good. Yeah. I've even had preachers preach about it at church and things like that. But what I'm struggling with is organizations aren't buying it as much. Hmm. So I, every book I've ever written, usually the organizations call and say, Hey, come and teach this to my people. But empathy, what I'm starting to learn is that leaders and organizations are like, I got to hold people accountable. We don't need to be empathetic. And it's like, ah, there's empathy and accountability are not um, at battle with each other. Right. Empathy is not the enemy of productivity or sales. It is the catalyst yes. to get there. And um, I don't know that I would have bought it before either. So I understand <laughs> that position, but that's what I'm kind of up against. And it's been interesting to experience. Yeah. I would change just the cover and connect some sort of financial outcome uh-huh. to to it and then like this is the manual of how to actually improve without without having to spend more money it will right. actually help you retain your staff and you know I yeah everybody's every everybody's bean counting all the time right like oh i need to buy this many more leads to get to the next thing but what if my leadership actually made them want to you know follow and and be better and and help the world and you know all the things that that happen with the empathy right all the things that happen with empathy there's these interesting things that i've learned like uh, let's say you got diabetes and your physician is more empathetic you are m- less likely to have to need a kidney transplant because you'll get your a1c scores down at like 20 points greater rate and it's like what because my doctor's empathetic but when wow. you dig into it, they're asking questions about lifestyle. So they're giving you solutions that you'll actually do. 
Um, they're thinking about like, what will you eat? What won't you eat? What can you stick to versus just giving you a, a standard here? This is what you need to do. Eat right, exercise and, you know, less whatever. And so I've been just fascinated by these very technical roles where outcomes have been better because of empathy. Mm. Yeah. You know, it's funny, like somebody shot us an email uh, for you to be on the podcast uh-huh. and we get a ton of those and we just dismiss a lot of them. Right. <laughs> but like the reason why, <laughs> the reason why this one spoke so much to me is because like as we are running our sales teams, as we we have teams mm-hmm. within our agencies and just like on the front end, you're talking about the sales and like the em- empathetic aspect of a sale is the difference of the old salesperson to compare with the new sales. The old successful salesperson needed less empathy. The new successful salesperson needs more empathy. But as we've built our organizations, I've seen so many agencies that have a team and they lead more with like, oh, that, that's a sales rock star. But that guy's an ass to everybody in the agency and everybody quits. And like the actual productivity sucks. Mm-hmm. Like their agency sucks. There's their, their staff members are, are leaving. The, their sales rock star really isn't that great to be, to, to compare with other successful organizations. So what I've seen is like, honestly, like the, the whole idea of, of empathy and truly caring about those around you, especially if you have a team, because I have eight hours a day or 10 hour, whatever I put into my work, but like you start stacking all the hours of your team members mm-hmm. and, and really like, if you can really care about them, they will care about you. And then all of a sudden you have an army of people and then your care to them produces the care to your client. It, tri- it trickles down. It does. It's, it's like, like, the JLD. like what JLD says with the five people you hang out with the most, right? Oh, like yeah. how it impacts. And it's, if, if, if they're, they're, at, I don't want to say monkey see monkey do, but you know, like they do what the boss does. They do what the, you got to model what you want to see. Yeah. And when we make excuses for people who show up in ways that are that lack human dignity for others because of their outcomes and their numbers. Well, what does it cost you when you have to get a new salesperson every other week because they keep quitting because they can't work with that person? Way more. Uh, what is 30K per? Yeah. And what does it cost you when people are sitting around talking about that person instead of Ooh. focusing on what they need to do? Um, yeah. But, you know, here's one thing that I hadn't considered. And it is, what is the leader's responsibility to actually talk to that person about how they're showing up? Too often we allow them to continue because their numbers are so great. But what if you actually said, hey, what do you want your relationship to be like with your peers? Mm. I've not met a person who truly does not care what other people think about them. Now, there are those who have to get past it, but... you know, we want to be liked and you want to do a good job. And so sometimes because no one's ever asked you to step up in that way, then you just keep doing what you've always done. And Mm. and my question to the agents is how's that working for you? Mm. I love that. So agents, how is that working for you? (laughs) Seriously, you should email us at the I dudes. Yeah. And give us, give us the I dudes. Dudes at the I dudes and I'm, <laughs> I'm honorary insurance 
Yeah, we'll forward that. if they have a question for you. Well, we're going to get your details out too. <laughs> we already have of course. Them, right? Oh, we have them. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I knew <laughs> that. I think it's interesting when I hear you talk about like it, no, people can't see your face, Jason, but your face when you were talking about how you became such a good salesperson and actually caring and how that just really impacted other people. I can feel it through the screen. Mm. I'm energized. Mm. <laughs> you know, it's like, isn't it nice to be with someone where you feel a little more energy coming from them versus somebody who's draining you? Cause they absolutely, it's just drudgery. Yeah. She looked right at me when she said that last part. Oh. <laughs> no, no, not that, not that way. Not that well, way. He's old and tired. Let's just yeah. be honest. Uh, yeah. yeah. So I think I would like to know from you, what's, what's your advice you think um, for how to get more, more insurance agents to be more empathetic? Well, they need to read your book. There you go. Yeah. Which we'll put the link in there. It's it's an easy read and it's on audible too. Oh, well then Jason. Yeah. That's easy for Jason. Dude, I, I hammer through audible. I love audibles. Me too. So good. Unless the reader is bad, but I did the reading and I, and I can read it. Oh, I cool. Like Dude, I am, I'm going to listen to that. That's awesome. <laughs>